Hey, Paris, today we're talking to uh, your sister, who I've seen in the documentary. Obviously, you know, I hear you guys are pretty close. So tell me about the relationship. Are you guys close? There's no one I'm closer with in my life and no one who knows me better than Nikki. And I feel so lucky just to have a sister that I'm so close with. She's, even though she's my little sister, I've always looked up to her like a big sister because she's always been the one that's like, way more responsible and just like always watching out for me and is so protective and just like I don't know when I have people in my life she's always like oh they're bad they're using you she just she's very intuitive and very strong and just her mind I don't know she's just for me like I am sometimes shy or like don't know how to stick up for myself or I hate confrontation and Nikki's just doesn't care like she just is who she is and she's just like the strong woman and I just really love and respect her so much and lucky to have her in my life well it sounds like we could all use a little Nikki in our lives mm-hmm. but for right now let's bring her into our lives everybody welcome Nikki Rothschild hi guys hi I miss you I miss you that was so much fun that was a lot of fun it is a true awakening to be back in New York City in the snow, far cry from the island. I know. What did you think of everything? Because Hunter and I talked about it on the episode a couple days ago and um, just wanted to get your take on it. I watched, I didn't watch, I listened to your first episode the other day when I was doing my infrared mask. (laughs) And I really like it you two are quite the duo i'm very i'm very into it it's only gonna get better i think you know i know you know what you guys need you guys need like i mean i guess it's a little hard now but you two need like a fun night out (laughs) we were just talking about how me and paris have very different like fun nights out like i just was not a partier at all growing up and I heard, <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and I heard that the room that I'm in has hosted, I mean, what would you say, hundreds or thousands of parties? Thousands, thousands. Yes, <laughs> I this room is legendary. I can't even imagine. I had a birthday party in middle school that nobody showed up to. So that's the difference between Paris's life and mine. Do you remember when Snoop Dogg literally did like an impromptu concert in that room? Yes, that was insane. And Little Wayne. And little Wayne. That yes. was crazy. So much fun. Oh my God. Like the memories in this room. I'm actually so happy. It was Hunter's idea to move the podcast from my recording studio room to this room, to Club Paris, which I now turned into a movie theater. And I have never sat in here until right now. It's so comfortable. It's really comfortable. <laughs> I love it. I love this couch. Well, speak- yeah, it's more relaxed. Yeah. Speaking of these parties, I, Nikki, you seem to have kind of escaped without all the as much of the paparazzi but were you there for all the party years or were you not there i was i was there i was i was in and out though i would be in new york a little bit and i was also a little smarter and behind the scenes and i knew when to <laughs> jump out of the shot or hide or go in a separate car but yes i had a front row seat to all all of the all of it were you, were you like a protector for Paris back then um I think I still am I think some of her friends nickname me the gatekeeper mm-hmm. <laughs> do you like that because I think a lot of people like I have a young I have a what, what's your age difference one year two? two and a half years two and a half years I have a brother who's one and a half year younger than me and we were not close growing up but now we're really close did you have that same dynamic? Because when you're so close in age, usually it's pretty tense for a while. We've always been just so close yeah. our whole lives. Our, our whole lives, we've been so, so close and can and continue to be. And that always makes me sad when I hear about siblings that aren't so close because I don't know anything else. And it's like you, as cliche as it sounds, you really have a built-in best friend for life. Yeah, someone needs to tell my brother that because <laughs> he did not get that <laughs> message early on. He didn't. Now we're close. But so so you were there the whole time. 
You yeah. were there for the engagement. We were talking about that for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Did Carter talk to you before it happened? Do you like Carter? What's your thoughts on this guy? Um, I think Carter is great. And what I love about him is how much he loves his family. From Because our family, that is super important to us. We are all so tight. Um, you know, my aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings, we're so tight. And... He definitely has that with his family and his siblings. And I I really like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, he does have amazing family values. That's like one of the reasons I fell in love with him, just seeing how cute he is with his mom. He's just mm-hmm. the best son. And I mean family is family is everything to me. And to you know, be with someone who has those same values is really important. So I was telling Hunter how you guys were hiding in the bushes, basically, <laughs> during the engagement. Like, how, when did he tell you, like, how did you guys know to do that? Because when we were talking at lunch, you didn't say anything to me, which I feel like, because um, you're good at hiding secrets. So we were at lunch and you got up from the table to use the bathroom and he came down and sat next to me and said, I have two quick questions. <laughs> Number one, I'm. Will you give me your blessing to marry Paris? Number two, if you say yes, I'm going to do it tonight on the beach. And will you and James and your brother and Tessa be there um, to surprise her? So I quickly said yes to both. And, you know, we got dressed and we were down hiding in the beach. And it was so funny because Paris is so late and I'm sure Carter's like sweating bullets, so nervous, like trying to get us. He's like, yeah, be in in uh, uh, the bushes at 5 p.m. I was like, I am not sitting in the bushes boiling at 5 p.m. because there's no way she's going to come down. I was like, you know what? Text me when you're going down and then I'll get I'll start heading over because I know her. Even James was like, I'm not sitting in a suit, sweating, waiting for Paris in the bushes. So how long did it take? um, (laughs) Like 45 minutes. So my plan was perfect. Yes. that's. I feel like that's still pretty good for Paris to get somewhere 45 minutes after the thing. If it's like a dress up, get glammed up, you know, event. Yeah. 45 minutes was not bad for her. I'm getting better learning. Growing up. I mean, I'm I'm 45 minutes early to something. So this is just like crazy town for me. Yeah. What are the other like big differences between you guys? Because I feel like a lot of similarities, but some drastically Mm -hmm. different things with time and time. Definitely. I mean, I think I even borderline like being a bit anal. I'm just so early and I have a real respect for time which Paris does not. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else? I love food. I love delicious food and restaurants. Paris is happy to make sandwiches at home and have live on toast and <laughs> grilled McDonald's cheese. McDonald's and Taco Bell. <laughs> how, how often do you have McDonald's and Taco Bell? A lot. Paris has the food palate of a kindergartner. She just does not care about food. Or That's so crazy because you you could yeah. have tried all of the best food in the world at this point, and yeah. you would take McDonald's and Taco Bell over that all day. No, I I like nice food as well, and I've had it all around the world. But I just I love fast food. I love like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cereal and French fries and just pizza and grilled cheese. <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm not like the healthiest eater. Nikki, when's the last time you had McDonald's? Um, not in a while, but not by choice. I actually, when I landed back from your trip, I was so tempted. There was a McDonald's open, but there was a really long line, and all I wanted was an egg McMuffin. Oh, those are nothing so beats McDonald's breakfast. Mm. I know it's so good. They used to only like serve it to ten thirty, but I feel like they serve it like all day now. I think right? it's an- yeah, I think it is an all-day situation. Is that, that new? For that might have been made for you, Paris. It I feel <laughs> like the only time she went there is after one of the parties. Oh, that, that's the only time she got there in time for breakfast was at 9 a.m. when she was about to go to bed. 
so good. But yeah, you don't care about food. Even like she goes to the most incredible cities for work and she's just happy to order a sandwich from room service. Well, also because I'm working the whole time. You don't even like going time. to incredible restaurants. There's no time. My schedule is so insane that there's literally no time for dinner. So I just have to quickly eat in the room or when I get back at night. Um, um, it's beyond, but Paris I'll, I'll also likes to stay up really, really late. And I like to go to bed early. I wake up early. But you've actually been waking up a bit earlier now because of Carter. Yes. I literally wake up at like six and seven in the morning now which is crazy. No Why? way. Yes. Like today I was supposed to wake up at nine. I woke up at seven 30 this weekend. I was waking up at seven 30 Saturday and wow. a Sunday. Like it's crazy. Um, what's, what are other differences? <laughs> she loves dogs. I love cats. She loves pink. I love blue. <laughs> do you see? I wore pink for you today. Yes. I love it. I it's, never wear pink. I feel like a lot of people do that for me. Like if they're coming over or we're doing an interview, like they always are wearing pink or a guy will wear like a pink tie. Where's your pink tie? I will work on my whole skin's I'm I'm pink in general, so that that counts. Um <laughs> what was your guys' biggest fight growing up? Like do you remember like a fight you'd often have about something or it, I mean, it's the typical girl sister thing. Ninety-nine percent of the time it was about clothes <laughs> and Paris borrowing things without asking and taking things and ruining them and losing them yep sorry a lot of outfits <laughs> lots <laughs> i just like her style <laughs> that's a nice compliment yes. that's very yeah, sweet go, she would go shopping in my closet and just take all my stuff it would get me so pissed off <laughs> Sorry about that. And then my friends would like come to my closet and shop in my closet and steal all her things. <laughs> yes. And never return them. Isn't... And then I'm too shy to ask for them back always. And then I would start spotting her. And to this day, by the way, in my clothes in paparazzi pictures. I sometimes mm. see stuff on Instagram where she, I'm like, that is mine. I can't even believe it. She just takes all my stuff. I don't even know about it. That's a good sister fight to have, though. Yeah. Especially when I'm sure both of you guys have pretty impressive closets. So, you know, missing a sweater here or there is, I think, uh, probably goes unnoticed until it ends up on TMZ. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is Paris. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Paris. So what did you do this weekend when you got back from the birthday trip? Um, I had to quarantine for a little bit. And so I was just at home, watched a bunch of TV, some movies. Um, James and I watched the... Britney Spears documentary, Framing mm. Britney Spears. Did you see that, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just watched it last night. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. What did you think? Uh, I was just, I was heartbroken. It made me just very emotional. I was crying a lot watching it. Just from knowing her, she was just such like, a sweet, like down-to-earth, kind, just gentle, just amazing woman. And just to like watch that whole story and just see, just what the media did and just how cruel and mean and I I don't know just so many people using her and it just also just relating to her in so many ways with that and um it was very hard to watch made me really sad I saw that you were in it for a second did you how did that come about they contacted me to be in it and do an interview and I always say no to those type of things I feel when something's unauthorized I don't really want to be a part of it but Mm -hmm. Obviously, they didn't get her permission or anyone else's. I I think if something's public property, they could use whatever they want in a documentary. So I think they just they actually pulled something from some interview I did, and then they pulled. Oh, they just thing. pulled the clip. yeah. They pull clips and just use them. So, oh, so you didn't do that interview for no. the documentary? No, mm-hmm. definitely not. I feel like that's part of the problem a little bit is that you know celebrities are just kind of used. Like you know, there's a lot of like broadcasting rules that do not go in the favor of an individual and instead go towards like whatever media um, rules there are. Does that piss you off or is it okay? Cause it was, you know, in favor of Brittany, obviously you were nice. Yeah. Um, that didn't piss me off because, you know, I think what I said was, you know, the truth and how I feel, but it, it is annoying sometimes when they'll just pull something and, you know, use it without my permission. But, you know, being in this industry for so long, you just get used to it. Yeah. Well, in the documentary, we it kind of sparked this whole new, like, YouTube search for interviews with young celebs, especially young females. And one thing that kind of came up and is getting heat right now is David Letterman in the interview that he did with you. And he, he asked you basically about prison for six minutes out of the eight-minute interview. What was that? Was that a shock to you completely? Yes. So at this point, I hadn't done an interview in months and months because I just didn't want to talk about it. So Letterman's team kept calling my PR team to have me be on the show. And we kept saying no. And then uh, months later, um, I had a fragrance coming out. And um, his team called again. And basically, my PR team made an agreement with him that that was off limits and he would not discuss it and we would only be there to promote the perfume and my other business ventures. And, um, you know, I felt like it was a safe place because I'd been going on Letterman for so many years and he'd always have, you know, fun with me and joke around, but, you know, I thought he would keep his word on this and I was wrong. Wow. So there was not supposed to be one question. And then he just kept pushing me and pushing me and, I was just getting so uncomfortable and I was so upset. And Nikki, you were backstage. I remember talking to you after 
And um, just being up there and just, it was like he was just purposely trying to humiliate me. And during commercial breaks, I would look at him. I'm like, please stop doing this. Like, you promised me you wouldn't talk about this. And that's the only reason I agreed to come on the show. Like, please don't bring it up again. He's like, okay. And then again, and it's just like the whole audience, he's getting people to laugh. And it was just, it was just very cruel and very mean. And then after it ended, I just looked at him and I said, I am never coming on the show again. Like that you've crossed the line. Don't ever, you know, just, I don't know. I just, I didn't like tell him off cause I'm not that type of person, but I got angry. Um, and then he was apologizing and like sent like a case of like Chateau Lafitte Rothschild wine to like our house. And like, I don't know. So he knew he was wrong. Wait, I'm just just pulling up this article that actually came out a few days ago. Which Um, article? It's it's from Glamour magazine. It says, this 2007 Paris Hilton David Letterman interview is making people really mad by Elizabeth Logan. Was Paris Hilton treated unfairly by the media? Absolutely. And people are finally realizing it. In the wake of the horrific early aughts interviews featured in Framing Britney Spears, people have been resurfacing and reevaluating past conversations with other female celebrities. During their 2007 chat, Letterman repeatedly asked Hilton about her recent stint in jail. She'd violated her probation after a reckless driving incident, and it's clear she doesn't want to talk about it. At first, Hilton is polite if reserved, She says the experience made her stronger and she's ready to move past it. When Letterman asks how her friend Nicole Ritchie managed to only serve 45 minutes in the clink, Hilton answers honestly, I don't know. She tries again to move past the scandal and onto the projects she's trying to promote, mostly her new perfume. You did a good job. When I watched the thing, I was like, that's not an easy and David Letterman's not a forgiving gentleman. Like if you're doing an interview with David Letterman, he's going to ask what he wants and how he wants to do it. Yeah. And to know that they kind of, you know, that the team lied and said that he wouldn't. And then he did when you came off stage and you went to Nikki, what were you like? What, what kind of. Just in tears and crying and shaking. And just like, I just felt just uh, what Nikki, what do you remember? I mean, I think it's it's fair game for him to ask you about it. Um, but I think how he pushed it and pushed it. I mean, it even says in the article that he pushed her t- to the point where she got uncomfortable and he crossed the line. Yeah. And just to have a young girl up there and ask her questions designed to humiliate her is is cruel Mm -hmm. and i don't think that that would happen today there's no way that would happen today it's like such a different world now there's a lot that wouldn't happen today you know what would not happen today is sarah silverman going on stage at the mtv awards and making disgusting vile perverted statements about pop stars about people sitting in the audience. I mean, can you imagine a comedian today going on stage and started going into detail describing someone's private parts, insulting their children? Imagine if that happened today. It wouldn't Mm -hmm. because, and that's why there's been so much amazing progress with these social justice movements, you know, Time's Up, Me Too, where people don't, put up with that behavior because it's not right it's mm-hmm. sick yeah what sarah silverman did was so disgusting and so cruel and mean and i was so shocked and surprised because i had actually met her a few years before um when i was at an event and she was couldn't be nicer so sweet and then to see her again you know i was obviously very nervous. I went to the MTV Awards. I knew I was about to check myself into jail in a couple hours and, you know, just getting all dressed up going there. I would you know, made this trying to put on a brave face. Yeah, trying to be brave. And then just to sit in the audience with her just 
literally just publicly humiliating me, being so mean, so cruel. I was sitting there wanting to die. I was trying to hold back my tears so hard. I like had tears welling up in my eyes. I like literally wanted to run out of the entire room, but I just was trying to be strong and just like sit there like and the whole audience is laughing and she's just up there. She wouldn't stop. Would not stop. I, uh, it was so painful, especially what I was going through in my life. Like to then have someone just being so mean about it was uh, really hard. Yeah, and mom has always taught us. I mean, you don't judge someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. And she had no idea what you were going on. What a vulnerable state. You were about to turn yourself into jail, surrender all of your freedom. And you have, you know, a last few hours of freedom. And you have this woman just saying the most disgusting, vile, awful, hurtful things i mean i understand she's a comedian and she's there to be funny and make people laugh but to me that's not funny when you have to put people down and insult people um to get a laugh that's not funny um i don't think it was funny then and it's certainly not funny now i mean look at the true comedians like uh, larry david a Will Ferrell, they're funny as hell, but they're not being cruel and mean and hurtful to people. Yeah, That's think not comedy. That's not funny. There's a line, and it's becoming a little bit more clear what that line is. People still need to figure it out. But I think the problem with someone like David Letterman doing it is he was not only an icon to the public, but he was an icon to other comedians. And so when someone like him does something like that, the whole world thinks, oh, it's fair game. Let's all make these jokes at the water cooler on Monday. Yeah, allegedly Craig Ferguson was one of the first people to realize like, oh, I'm being, this is mean. We shouldn't be, she's dealing with something. And then once he started doing that, other people started doing it. And you just realize the responsibility these entertainers have to set a precedent for how to treat people. Yeah, I felt just, just going through so much of that. There were certain people they targeted. Mm-hmm. I, just, I would see that with myself, with Brittany, um, Jessica Simpson. There was mm-hmm. like a certain type of girl where they would target them in ways that they would never do to a man and never do to yeah. certain. I don't know. It was just, it was a really, it really, really hard took time. the gloves off. Yeah. I think, I think in their mind, they probably were like, well, they don't have to worry about success or money ever so it's not punching down but we don't realize is people are still people take away all everything that they have it's still a human who's dealing with all these emotions and it's not i think they use that as like their escape they're like well it's okay because they're going to be fine before i do this and after i do this and that's just not true when you take into account that it's a person's emotions that you're kind of playing with and playing on it sucks yeah thank god we're also educated today on mental health and mm-hmm. um, Paris, Aunt Kyle and I were texting about the David Letterman article because she saw a meme online um, talking about they were showing the clip of you on Letterman and just what bullying this is. Let me find the text. She wrote me where, oh, this gives me rage. I always say I don't know how these young girls like Paris, Brittany, Jessica handle this type of sh-. It is so horrible. It is psychologically and emotionally abusive. And it's true. Paris, have you talked to David Letterman or Sarah Silverman or anybody else who kind of gave you that flack back then? I never talked to Sarah after that. And with Letterman, a while later, um, he just kept apologizing, sending letters, calling my team. And finally, I said, okay, I'll come back on your show. Because I forgot I was promoting, I think, my like 20-something fragrance. And... I said, okay, and I forgave him. What was the next interview like? Better? So much better. He knew not to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I think he felt bad because I, I heard that he was just a lot of people were getting angry that they saw that even back then, which is a good sign. Yeah. Jeez. I'm so happy that it's different today. Like just for you know people who are coming up in the industry who are new to this, you know, I wouldn't wish, you know, what happened to me upon anyone, not even my worst enemy. 
So I'm really happy just to see so many changes, you know, with the way people are talking about mental health now and the Me Too movement and just how women are being finally just respected. So it's just like a whole new world. It's exciting that, mm-hmm. you know, people are finally doing the right thing. How how did you not like break down? How did you make it through all that? I never like, I think like now that I've actually like really, you know, dove into my life and realized so much about myself. I think the only reason I was able to go through all that and be so strong is because I had went through hell and back as a Mm -hmm. teenager being, you know, verbally, physically, emotionally, and psychologically abused on a daily basis for, you know, almost two years of my life. So that was before I was famous. That was before I was, you know, anything. It was when I was developing as, you know, a young girl. So I think going through something like that, it just, I, it made me very strong and almost like I was used to it, mm. which is mm-hmm. sad to think. But I, I think if I hadn't went through that, I, I don't, I don't know where I would be at this point because th- that type of abuse is, you know, on it anyone. Is. It's literally it is. And I read that Sarah Silverman recently apologized to Britney Spears. She owes you an apology. I mean, mm-hmm. what she said was so disgusting. I don't mean to harp on it, but the fact that MTV didn't even issue an apology, just the sexual, disgusting remarks were so horrific. Thank very, you. very, very disappointing in in that whole situation that should never have happened to a young girl sitting in the audience or anyone, not even a young girl, any, anyone that should not, you don't let your guests and people be humiliated on your watch. It's it's just cruel. There's no other word for it. Really cruel. Yeah. I think, you know, the person who's done it like lately is a Ricky Gervais, but he targets like organizations and people who have like really up you know people who've like done things to hurt other people i just the things with britney and the things with you i mean especially after meeting you but before i started doing this podcast everybody i talked to said paris is the nicest person i said we'll see about that it turns out you are the sweetest person and i think everyone says the same thing about britney and you just wonder if if it's if they're not bad people is it just because it's an easy cheap 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 laugh and at the time it was and that's all it is you know, I mean, listen, they were no angels. They definitely made silly, <laughs> questionable decisions. But, you know, they were young and that happens. They weren't doing anything malicious. They weren't hurting people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, when you're young and you're going through life, like a lot of people, everyone goes out, they have fun, they rebel, but they don't have the entire world watching them and judging and... I don't know. <laughs> Just the things that have been said about me in life, I've, I don't know, I've, I've learned, I've lived and learned, and uh, now I'm a very strong woman and a very responsible and well-behaved. As <laughs> <laughs> she sits with perfect posture, I, uh, I, I do think that like a lot of people, you know, they hear this question, they go, "I wouldn't change anything about my past," but would you change anything like any of the decisions you made like what sent you to jail what happened on you know some of these things would you change those decisions um yeah definitely i think (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people do say like oh i would never change but yeah i wish i didn't meet certain people in my life and you know certain things wouldn't have happened to me and with the jail thing i never really got to explain that to people um but I literally got sent for driving on a suspended license, which when, you know, I wasn't allowed to drive for 90 days because I left my music video shoot. We went to have the rap party and I literally had one margarita, not even the full thing, didn't eat. Then as I'm pulling in maybe a few, like three blocks away to the in and out, as I'm driving into the driveway to get a burger, that's when I got pulled over and I had a 0.08, which is the lowest legal limit that you can have, like nothing. And um, then from there, that's when I wasn't allowed to drive and my lawyer said I could drive. So I drove from my house to Tower Records, which was a couple blocks away on Sunset and I didn't have my lights on. And then 
They said, you're driving on a suspended license. I said, no, I haven't driven in 90 days. And um, yeah, in my opinion, I'm not sure that would have happened to someone else. No, you were definitely made an example of. It was crazy. What was the sentence? I think he said like 45 days or 90 days or something. For driving on a suspended license. I mean, it was. No one would get that ever. Like it was ridiculous. Well, that's a, that is an intense, uh, upbringing but it's really good that you had nikki with you the entire time and uh nikki appreciate you uh coming on with us i think when we're gonna take a break right now but when we come back we're gonna have some sliving questions for you this is paris this is paris all right everyone we are back here with my sister nikki so nikki we just start talking about wedding planning soon I know. So what are you thinking? Fall? Yes. We have to get on the dress too, Paris. Dresses take like six months. You got to start making some decisions. I I know we've discussed. We'll keep that private. Um, <laughs> who you're thinking for a designer. Yep. Um, but, you know, these things take, they don't happen overnight. So we really should get on that. You need to get sketches soon. I know you need to help me with all this because you've done it before and it's gonna be hard like to live up to your wedding. Your wedding was so incredible and your dress was so epic. Like it's a lot. Also her wedding was pre pandemic. So just be aware that (laughs) there might be some big, you don't, you don't want to wait until like potentially one year from now. No, Because I want to start getting ready to have kids. So I can't, I don't want to wait forever. If you talk to my family, you can have kids long before marriage. You know, that's not even really an important part of it. (laughs) Carter and I are very old fashioned just like I don't know I feel like that's how we just are yeah that's a good point I mean you could always do a courtroom wedding and then have the big event you know courtroom wedding yeah you think Paris is gonna do a courtroom wedding mad like the Van Nuys courthouse anything small no I can't there's one on Reseda Boulevard you guys can go today and get it done Um, okay well you've been married for how long now Nikki I've been married for six years. What is your advice for a happy marriage? And I'm going to be listening just as intently to this. Um, one piece of advice my dad gave James and I, which we've always really listened to, is never go to bed angry. Mm. And even if you're having an argument, just talk it out. I think that's communication is so key. And... Yes. Don't ever, ever go to bed angry. I like that piece of advice. I feel like you're very analytical from like, like, I feel like you're like me in a way where you do want to talk it out. You're like, well, this is the problem. And here are three solutions. Which would you like to go with? Are you like that, Paris? <laughs> like, no. Like Nikki? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, like Nikki. Or are you more emotional just like in the moment? Yeah, definitely. I'm always just in the moment. I just go. Paris Nikki, is Nikki the most about everything. unconfrontational person in the world. Yeah, I hate it. So how do you deal with confrontation? Like when, I don't. I when, just like, you don't. I won't. When Carter made the massive mistake of forgetting your seventh month anniversary, <laughs> how did you, like, because that's, pro- I mean, from what I've heard, that's one of the only times where you were upset with him. How did you deal with that? I wasn't that upset. I just kind of joked and I was like, here's your card. Where's my flowers? Where's my card? Where's my present? Um, But I was kind of just joking with him. Because most people, this is the first relationship I've had where I celebrate every month. I've never done this before. I've never been like the romantic type at all. Because before just traveling 250 days out of the year, I was just never there. So I didn't have time to do any of that. And now I'm just like so in love that I do that. That's cute, Nikki. Do you... You didn't do that with your husband, did you? Month month anniversaries? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's a rare thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's you and people in seventh grade. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. The more you get to know Paris, you'll realize she is like a big kid. Which I think is the best. I think like as we get older, everybody realizes you read these like self-help books and everyone's like, just be present 
enjoy your like inner child, like live your life carefree. And I feel like Paris was there long before Eckhart Tolle was, you know, he was, <laughs> he was a big fan of Paris's. And then he was like, I should write a book called Power of Now. Yes. We should <laughs> yeah. have him on the show too. I love that book. My mom would lose her shit if we had you Eckhart should. Tolle on the show. Definitely. I'll ask him. Okay, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. So that's good advice. Uh, is there anything else you want to know from your sister before we hop? Oh, y- your mom's going to be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, supposedly? <sighs> yeah. What do you think <laughs> about this, Nikki? Um, first of all, my mom was so shady about the whole thing. So just to give you like a little background, pretty much every year this rumor surfaces Kathy Hilton's joining the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're like, no, she's not. So this year was no different. The, the starts surfacing again. So my friends are like, oh, my God, is your mom on Real House going to be on the show? I'm just like, no, that's total bullshit. So then I asked her, mom, are you going to be on the show? She's like, no. I was like, OK. But then it starts being in like more stuff. And like the New York Post and whatever. So I'm like, mom, why are they saying this? Are you going to be on the show? And she goes, well, they've asked me and I'm thinking about it, but I'm probably not going to do it. I'm like, okay. Um, Cut to Paris and I in Soho walking down the street and our friend FaceTimes us being like, oh, I see your mom's on The Real Housewives. We're like, no, that's a rumor. They're like, "Uh, actually, People Magazine just confirmed it. (sighs) So we don't speak to her for a few days. We just don't even (laughs) hear from her because she just doesn't want to hear it from us. Um, And by the way, I'm not knocking the show. I love the show. I am a huge fan i find it highly entertaining i love all the girls lisa rinna erica jane i think they're great but if someone were to ask me do you want your mother being on it (laughs) no and the funny thing is believe it or not my mom's never even seen the show okay she doesn't even know what she's getting into Mm. my mom doesn't watch tv at all but do you you guys have watched the show I watched like the I watched season. the show. Paris has watched a little bit. But my mom, maybe when Kim was on it, I'm not kidding, has watched five or ten minutes here and there. So she doesn't even know what she's getting into. Oof. And I didn't even tell you, Paris. Baron told me they were filming a few weeks ago at the house some dinner. And he could hear the shouting from his bedroom. Great. <laughs> Who? Mom? No, not mom. Just, Uh, I don't know. You just heard all the shouting. But having said that, my mother is one of the funniest people in the entire world. And so is my aunt Kyle. So, I mean, they will definitely be entertaining. What what do you think, think? Paris? They're, yeah, they're both so hilarious. Um, Obviously, everyone knows from watching Kyle how funny she is. And my mom has that same sense of humor as well. Like they both are just one of the funniest people ever. I think that's where I get my kind of like humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but just like Nikki said, my mom lied to us, pretended she wasn't doing it, <laughs> wouldn't admit it. And there's no way that she would ever do this if there was not a pandemic happening and she wasn't so bored at home for the last year. <laughs> There's no way she would have said yes because they've asked her like every year for the past, like however long it's been on the air. Like, yeah, it's 10 not years. a coincidence. There's a global pandemic and she's been on lockdown at home and now she's doing it. She's bored and she looks better than ever. So I feel like she's like, why not? Even James was like, what do you care? Leave her alone. She's a grown woman. Let her do what she wants. Why Who's are you James? so bossy? Nikki's husband. Oh, got it. Got it. He said, if you're so bossy, leave her alone. Let her do what she wants. I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. But it's hard when it's your parents. Like if my mom said she was going to join a show yeah, like Hunter, that. Hunter, would you like it? You know, I I think my mom would never do it in the first place. Like it's just, it would be so foreign to, to us. Uh, but if she did it, I would be very much like, 
mom are you sure you want to do this like you could do, you could do anything you could start a new business you don't have to do this but also you know i think it's hard for us sometimes to to separate the parent child relationship and like you look back at at least for my mom i'm sure your your guys's mom too is very supportive of almost everything we wanted to do career wise even if it was a little kooky yes. my mom was very supportive so I think it's only yes. fair if she wants to go, if if Real Housewives yeah. of Beverly Hills reaches out to my mom, who's living in an RV traveling the country right now, the opposite of Beverly Hills, and wants her on the show, I support her decision. Yes. Yeah. I'm I just know. remembering when they asked, hold on. I'm just remembering now when they asked me to do The Simple Life, when Fox was calling me, offering me the show, they actually wanted my sister and I to do it together. Nikki said no right away. <laughs> And my mom was like, do not no do way. this. And like, like literally just telling yes. me not to do it. Was, remember? Oh, that's right. Do not do it. You can't do this reality show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Reality show was like a vulgar thing back then. And then the simple life came out and classed it all up. Yes. <laughs> well, then when it came out, when she watched it and just saw what a huge success it was, she was like, actually, you know what? I was wrong happy you did the show it's so hilarious it's so amazing i'm so proud of you it's also cool because your mom and nikki and everybody who knew you probably saw the simple life and went oh paris is being hilarious with nikki right now like this is or with nicole right now this is so funny but to the rest of the world they were learning who you are as that person yeah and i gotta imagine that must have just been the weirdest thing for you to think oh I'm the funniest person in the world. I just said, do Walmart sell wall things? And then the whole world goes, she doesn't know what Walmart is. <laughs> I know exactly what Walmart is. I actually love Walmart. It's so much fun to shop there. <laughs> yeah, because there's always yeah. a McDonald's in there. Yeah, exactly. There is? Oh, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nikki, how did James propose to you? Um, Our engagement stories a lot quieter than yours there was no gopros there was no <laughs> hitting cameras and videos okay um, the only reason he did that is because he knew that i would want to see the moment that's like obviously. so not something he would do like naturally <laughs> i think he listened to hunter and i talking in one of the first episodes uh or not episodes when we first started talking about this show and I was talking about the good lighting and a beautiful place uh-huh. <laughs> and that I want to capture it and see it. So I'll just interrupt there for a second. That was something he knew I would love or else I probably would have made him redo the whole thing. <laughs> Carter had to Google where the Best Buy was and was like, all right, we're getting 20 GoPros. Well, we had Kevin there. He's my ninja, always killing it. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was in, we were in Italy on vacation and he took me out on a little, um, boat and we were cruising around. We picked up lunch and then he stopped in the middle of the sea. And next thing I know it, I turn around, he's on his knee and it was very, very shocking, surprising, exciting. I was, I have pictures of me like doing a little selfie right after. It was very, very sweet and romantic. And after our, we got engaged, we took a little road trip um, down to Rome where we met. And he's so romantic. That he called the hotel. He dropped me off at the first night we ever met and got my same hotel room and everything. And we actually revisited the exact spot where we met. Um, he's, yes, he's very, very sweet and romantic. That's a, that's that's a nice sweet. story. That gave me goosebumps. I don't know if it's because it's freezing it's in here. It's so or- cold. Paris, you were... <laughs> You I were standing it. right next to me when I met him. I know. I remember David Guetta was DJing and <laughs> I was the wondering, Black Eyed Peas were up on stage. I was singing. wondering how this was going to turn into a Paris Hilton story. And as soon as <laughs> David Guetta was on stage, I'm like, yep, Paris was there. It was sick. Mm-hmm. We were at a wedding and um, they had David Guetta performing and then Fergie was on stage with the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> singing and we were all dancing. Um, 
or Nikki and I were dancing. And then I remember this like group of guys walked up and one of them was James and he was with his friends and I, I was just like talking to them. And then I, Nikki is shyer when it comes to boys. So I like was like, Nikki, come here. And I'm like, this is my sister, Nikki. And I saw like James eyes like light up and he's like, hello, I'm James. And then <laughs> James. Uh, it was like love at he's first English. sight. He's English. That's the accent. Got Hunter. it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, he sounds like a very romantic man. I mean, any if a man takes you out into the middle of the sea alone, it's either to propose or to dump the body. So you definitely <laughs> got the better of the two options. You were in the middle of the sea. Like where? Lake Como. Oh, is Lake Como beautiful? I've never been there before. It's very beautiful. Isn't that where George Clooney, he has like a house there that he went out? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've heard Clooney, some great he's stories. Like, he's like the the poster child of Lake Como. Yeah. Wow. Let's get him on the podcast, huh? Yes. Let's shoot it at his house. <laughs> his Love Italian it. Lake Como house. That's great. Okay. Well, this is good advice. This is all. And that was a really beautiful engagement. Feels like uh, you guys, do you have younger siblings? Two brothers. Oh, they've got to step it up. Their engagements have to be amazing now. One's married and just had a baby. Well, his second marriage then. Yeah, the other brother. Yes. Um, But yeah, I need to learn more about like romantic spots with you. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been to all these places around the world, but it's like, you're always working in Vegas, Miami, like nowhere romantic. I want to talk about the bachelorette party. Yes. We're going to do a joint bachelorette and bachelor party because we're like addicted to each other and can't stand being away from each other for more than an hour is that okay with you nikki yeah i don't mind that i like that that's fun and that'll be fun because then all the husbands and boyfriends can come like of the cousins no i like that that's different i think that's more paris paris did my bachelorette party in miami and we had so much fun that was sick yeah well I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to uh, hear about everything, the wedding, all the plans. We're sure we'll be talking about it on the podcast as this kind of happens. Progresses. Yeah. But uh, until then, I think we get to my favorite part of the entire show, which is some sliving questions with Paris Hilton. This is seven sliving questions. Are you ready for my seven sliving questions? Yes. I must say the word sliving is growing on me like a teeny bit. I used to really not like it and it's what? becoming tolerable Thanks. yeah <laughs> well it's my favorite word you're mean what does living mean by the way i <laughs> i made it up um on halloween in 2019 and it's actually in the dictionary really oh, the urban dictionary no it's not <laughs> yes it is <laughs> the urban google dictionary. <laughs> google urban dictionary everything could be oh, the- urban dictionary is like the wikipedia same thing <laughs> Urban dictionary it's in the Webster's dictionary. It's in the Webster's urban dictionary. I'm literally gonna read you the um Did you put it into urban dictionary? No, I didn't. It just it just like one day was in there and I was like, what? Someone like sent it to me and they're like, Oh my god, it's literally Did you trademark it? it? I'm gonna read it. I have it right here. Okay. Did you trademark it? Yeah, I trademarked it, obviously. Of course you did. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. This is good. If we're going to be doing the seven sliving questions, we might as well hear the urban dictionary definition for it. Okay, here it is. Sliving. Invented by our queen, Paris Hilton. It's slang mixed with living my best life and killing it. So you can say like, I'm sliving, <laughs> sliving it, sliving my best life. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. You're out of your mind. I know. Sliving. All right. Well, now that we know the definition of sliving... Let's get into some sliving questions. Let's live. Let's live a little, huh? Mm -hmm. Always. Let's live. You live. Okay. What is your spirit animal? Probably a cat. I I love cats because they're quiet, but they're very observant like me. Yeah. That sounds maniacal. Mysterious. (laughs) I like it. Okay. Next first kiss you have one minute to tell us everything it was in high school I was like I was a a late bloomer I feel like I was maybe 15 it was so slobbery 
disgusting. <laughs> like, oh, just I remember having saliva all over my face after it was not good at all. That's hot. But then you get older I won't again. Say his name and embarrass him. Yeah, he's probably listening to this and is like wants to like die. I don't even think he knew it was my first kiss. Oh, I think I try and forget it. Gross. That's that's become the better type of kiss. You get a little older and you're like, it should be all gross and slobbery, right? <laughs> no, it's nasty. Oh my god. All right. First celebrity crush. First celebrity crush. Um, I think it would be a tie between Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. Mm. I was obsessed with him. I had every fold-out Tiger Beat poster <laughs> on my wall. And then the brother from Hanson, Taylor, loved him. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you remember when we were little, we would literally, like, write letters to Ryder Strong? Like, there was that address, yes. like, in, like, Teen Beat or, like, YM or, like, all those. Like, Tiger Beat. Tiger Beat. <laughs> we had, like, the posters. Yeah, I had, like, all, like, him. the 90210, like, Luke Perry and, like, Jason Priestley, like, on my wall. Did it become loved. weird when you guys got to a point, especially like in terms of fame, where you could date your celebrity crush? Um, like, yeah. did that ever happen? <laughs> um, no. No. <laughs> yeah, you guys are really blowing it with all these weddings. You could have really just gone down the list of childhood celebrity crushes. I feel like once <laughs> I was, I like didn't really like them anymore. Mm. It changed. Sorry, Interesting. guys. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. What are you most grateful for when you wake up each morning? Um, my family. I love waking up every morning. I get up very early and I try and get up before my kids, before the school rush and have coffee and just, just waking up that everyone's there and healthy and happy. Um, I'm very, very grateful. Don't take that for granted. Sweet. That's nice. And what's a relationship deal breaker for you? Bad manners. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like table manners or like manners in terms of relationships with people? Table manners, being rude to uh, a waiter, just just being impolite. It's just... I find it. That's a big one. No, yeah, it's a big one. No I can't woman, look past that. Yeah, no woman. I also don't think men want to see someone be mean to a waiter. No, no. I hate when people are like that. It makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big turn off. Huge. All right. And the last one. What is your definition of success? Hmm. Balance. I think um, if you are able to balance your personal life and your professional life and focus on both of those, um, you'll be, you'll be happy. Beautiful. I like it. What's your best live music experience ever? Jay-Z at Tao. Do you remember that night? In Vegas. In Vegas, it was he was promoting. Maybe it was the Throne record. I don't know where he did seven concerts in twenty four hours. Anyways, yeah, that was lit. We were at Tao. We were like three feet away from him. It was you've never been so close. We were practically on stage with him. It was so epic, and it's like the best concert I've ever been to. That was so sick. I love Jay Z. That sounds nice. I miss all that going out. I miss concerts. When are we going to go to concerts again? I don't know. They're having like these like outdoor concerts. Uh, my friend Pasquale is like, he was just doing this thing where you like, it's literally like a rave, like EDC and all of that. It's called like, what was it called? The Mile something. I don't know what it's called, but it looks sick. I want to do it. Yes. <laughs> a rave. A rave and a pod. Yeah, you're like in a car. Well, I think you handled those living questions pretty well. Thank you. Killed it. And now do you like sliving even more that you've been asked these living questions? Has it grown on you in the past five minutes? No. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, we're going to get her. We're going to get her to really appreciate sliving. Um, 
But this was awesome. It was really nice meeting you, Nikki. You too. Yes, I miss you. Miss you. Love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Paris, your sister was incredible. Everything was awesome about this episode. Are you happy? So happy. She's so awesome. That was so much fun. And uh, I loved it. I didn't realize we get so deep, but it was awesome. I think we're going to have a lot of that over the next uh, however however long we go. Maybe forever. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, guys. This is Paris. Thanks for listening to This is Paris. We love hearing from you. So leave us a review. Send an email to paris at iheartradio.com. Leave a voicemail at 833-87-PARIS. And follow us at This is Paris Podcast. Bye, babes.